this week on the free your energy podcast we have chase tucker let's dive right in this is such a powerful beautiful conversation with my friend chase let's just let's just get right into it focus who has vision who i feel like their energy is free or even they can just help us free our energy is someone we need to talk to and so i know my my friends here on the podcast are interested in hearing a little bit more about your story and about where you're at what you've been doing where you're going all of that so let's just kind of kind of jump into the conversation we were having um you were talking about you know freeing your ego in a sense and delegating and and Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about that. Have you had any personal situations where you had to kind of let go and empower the people around you, kind of freeing yourself? Like, kind of talk to me about that, as well as what you right. were talking about with, you know, simplifying your life and making sure you're not, you know, just biting off so much, man. Talk to me about right. that part of your journey. Absolutely. And by the way, um, in case you, I just want to let you know, I'm a, I got like a little pen and paper in front of me. So if you, if I'm ever like, taking a while to like pause for a second it's because it's something came to my mind that i don't want to forget and i want to bring up and talk about so um so the first thing you were talking about was just freeing the ego right yes sir um well as it uh pertains like what we were talking about within kind of like being a creative or being a entrepreneur business owner um whatever have you um i think that personally with my own journey of like freeing my ego, it's meant for me, um, just really, yeah. Like we were were talking about like being able to delegate and being able to, 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 you know, like I said, kind of on on one hand, acknowledge the fact that you are not good at everything. (laughs) You're not, or you're not at least not great at everything. You might be good at a lot of things, but you're only great at like one or two things. And understanding that, like, um, not only a is that okay to like not be good at everything and to be great at only like you know one or two things, but that's it's a beautiful thing because it allows you to go really deep on uh, the things that uh, I believe that like you were put here to do. Like you were you're actually here um, because you have a specific uh, set of you know curiosities, talents gifts, skills, uh, experiences that allow you to kind of really go deep and be really, really good at, you know, that one or two things. Um, so having the the ability to like set aside your ego, acknowledge that, Hey, I can't do everything and I'm not the best at everything. Then also second part is like understanding that, um, you know, there are other people (laughs) who are the other things that I I normally would kind of get, uh, you know, um, you know, in mired with and like little other tasks that normally I would kind of waste my time with that aren't in my wheelhouse or within my scope, my creative genius, that they, those same things that aren't, you know, um, don't fall in that area for me, other people, they're great at that. And being able to like, trust those people to handle that. I'll give you an example is like, I, I work with, um, there's a videographer, that I work with here in New York and I love, I personally love 
um, you know, I love shooting video. I love, you know, editing video. I think it's, it's just one of the kind of creative outlets that I enjoy. Uh, I love being able to take nothing and just create like a visual uh, masterpiece out of it and like combine and like line up and sync the music to it, the sound, the visual. It's just, I love that process. But um, I knew that for myself, long-term, it wouldn't be sustainable for me to always rely on me creating my own videos and at least in the ways that I, I was trying to do. And so I knew, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to like, you know, there's a vision for a video or some videos that I want to make. I want to find somebody. And I found her, her name's, uh, she's Ali visuals, uh, on Instagram. She's here in New York city and she is, she's great. And I, one example of me kind of like setting my ego side is like, I remember one time I made, uh, I made a, a request uh, for a video from her and we kind of, we shot it. She came over, we shot it. It was good. And I gave her my idea of like how I wanted the kind of end result to be. And then um, I got it back from her and it was slightly, it was like different in some ways than I kind of initially thought or expected. But in my initial, I could feel it within myself. Like my initial kind of reaction was like, oh, to like hit her back up and like tell her, you know, hey, can we change this on this and this? But I kind of like withheld from that. I was like, you know what? She knows what she's doing. You recognize the talent and the creativity in her. Like, just kind of like let it be. If if nothing else, maybe in the future, you know, try to communicate better. But uh, this time, just like let it sit. And I kind of I did. And then like as the more time passed, the more I realized, you know what? This is actually like dope. She did the she, that was the right thing. Like I trusted her, and like it. It was good. So that's just like a one example um, of kind of um, what I, I think being able to set aside your ego and delegate looks like, you know. You mentioned creative genius, creative skills, you know, mm -hmm. kind of figuring out what you're good at. What do you at this point in your life, what do you feel like you are good at? Not even good. Great. What do you feel like are your mm -hmm. best? you know, oh, wow. two qualities. Like, what do you, what do you feel like you bring, you know, mm -hmm. that, that makes you, you? Um, that's a really good question. So uh, it's funny that you should ask that too, because I, I actually have a, a book that I have yet to use. It's called Strengths Finders, which is like a test to, to find just that, the things that you are most good at that, so you can just go all in on that rather than focusing on the kind of other smaller stuff that, that isn't your strong suit. So for me, um, even though I haven't done that test yet, for me, I know for myself that I'm really good at um, the two things I'm really good. And by the way, if you hear in the background some, you know, the New York City streets, I apologize for that. But it's all good, for me, man. That, that audience yeah, is cool. Yeah, you're getting like the authentic, real New York uh, experience, right? So for me, the two things I would say I'm I'm really good at that other people just cannot. Um, not that I'm like the best in the world at it, but like I'm just it's uh, I'm really good at. I would say for me, one of those things would be my um, ability to uh, um, provide energy in the way of just like being a, a cheerleader and like building people up. Like 
I would say that there aren't really many people um, who who can like kind of just like pour and speak encouragement and life and motivation and um, just like fire into people, at least in the, in the way that I can. Everybody kind of does it in their way, but like that's one thing I'm really good at and that I hear a lot and I from other people telling me like, wow, like I feel so you know poured into like when you speak into into me. And that I, that I think comes from, we can talk about it later if you like, but like that comes from like, I believe um, not just any kind of, you know, not just from my own, um, of my, it's not of my own making. I think that it has a lot to do with like the way that my mom actually spoke life and, and prayer into me when I was growing up. Uh, and then the other thing I would say that I'm really good at is, uh, I'd say, uh, communi- communication. I'd say like, um, I really have a, I'd say that I have a really strong knack for, um, creatively, I'd say creative, creative communication. And this is why I, I really, I respect and I admire you. And I feel like we were like, we, we have like a, a big overlap in, in a kind of like that area. Cause you are, you are a phenomenal writer. Um, and I, your words, like they resonate so hard with me and like with like millions of people like who, who read your stuff. But like, I'd say that um, creatively speaking, um, writing, um, even like playlisting, making music a playlist in such a way that like I'm able to kind of communicate the right energy that I'm trying to convey. Uh, I think that that's something else that I'm really, I'm really good at, that, that creative, creative communication. And that kind of goes into like marketing too. Like I, I think that I, I have an eye for kind of what looks uh, aesthetic and, and communicates the thing that I'm trying to get across. Mm. See, and that's the beautiful thing that when you really sit back and you assess your skill sets, like what, right. wh- what can I do? What am I better at than other people? Uh, right. What am I horrible at? What am I, I'm okay at? It really yeah. gives you such a guiding light as to, I mean, a couple of things. Like, one, like how you should be maneuvering. Yeah. It's like how mm-hmm. you should be maneuvering. But then mm-hmm. on the other aspect, it's like, okay, well, these things that I suck at, how do I approach it? Do I get better at them or do I just accept that I'm awful at them and I just let them be like, which are both are fine. It just depends on what you want to do, what you want to be. And it's such a, it's such a practice of like freeing yourself from like a self-awareness standpoint. uh, When you do that. So you mentioned your, you know, your mother raising you and your upbringing, like take us back to chase as a five, six, seven year old. Where were you at? Where were you living? What was the environment? Talk to us about that. Some of this is going to sound familiar for you. So, um, uh, but to answer your question, just because I know I know some of your background a little bit, that's how we connected. I remember. Um, but uh, five or six year old Chase, I grew up. Uh, so I'll start at the very beginning before I even <laughs> before there even was Chase. That'll kind of help. So, my father grew up in Chicago on the west side of Chicago. He was uh, born to a single mother. He um, uh, didn't have his father in his life. He was actually almost uh, kind of taken out of this world even before he could have a chance to be brought into it. But, um, you know, he was born to a single mother 
in Chicago. He uh, grew up in, in the West Side of Chicago. You know, the projects, um, gangs, you know, all kinds of, it's it's just known to be like the uh, the rough area. And he he grew he grew up in that environment and he's my hero. He's one of my heroes um, because despite his surroundings, he grew up and uh, kind of beat the odds of what anybody would expect of him. And he became, he went to, wanted to go to medical school and became a doctor, um, which is just insane. Even growing up, like I was kind of, it, it was just kind of insane to me. And I was, I, it, as a kid, I remember just feeling like half of me was like, kind of like resented the fact that I had that kind of like big shoes to fill. But then the, you know, cause he had literally every excuse not to become what he did, but he willed himself in, into that. And then the other half of me kind of just couldn't help but be in awe of just like who, who he was and, and, and the kind of um, determination he would have to have to literally despite everybody even his own mother like not really believing in in him at times um he decided you know i'm gonna make this happen and he did it so that's uh that's my dad my mom grew up um she was an underdog in a, in a different way she grew up in haiti she grew up in port au prince haiti um to uh two parents who and she was the second youngest out of uh four children she has two older brothers one younger brother and when she was about, I want to say when she was like six years old, she moved over here to America. Um, but it wasn't even like a traditional, like, oh, every, all the whole family moves. It was like her mother came over to America first and kind of paved the way, established like a job when she, when, when she did that um, and got like a job as a nurse and everything was established. Then um, my mother's uh, father, my grandfather, you know, moved the rest of the family over and then they kind of all, you know, settled in and, um, you know, made, created their life in America. And then she uh, went on to become a physician as well. So she's also became a doctor and she actually met my dad in the hospital setting um, during her residency when my dad was, was uh, by then he was a, he was a full, fully working physician by that point. But um, yeah, so that's how my parents met. Uh, and, and, um, my mother, she's in, she's a hero of mine too, just cause of her kind of own underdog story. She came over here as like a little Haitian girl who couldn't speak a lick of, speak a lick of English and was kind of like ridiculed and made fun of by everybody like for that. And she, um, you know, she, uh, learned the language. She actually put French aside, which I kind of, I poke fun of her sometimes cause she like, one of the reasons she never taught us, uh, me or my siblings, uh, French was because she it never occurred to her that we would want to know that that we would want to learn that because she just remembered wanting seeing it as like a burden when she came over here because she was it it made her seem different she was like this little black Haitian French girl that you know just wanted to fit in but um yeah so they met in Chicago um I was they uh, started the family in Chicago I was born in Chicago. And I, I'm the first of um, three siblings. So I have a little brother and I have a little sister, just like you're the oldest as well. I know. Did a little bit of research. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I grew up, much like yourself, I grew up um, 
you know, I was active. My parents put me in sports at an early age at four. At age four, I was put in AYSO, American Youth Soccer Organization in Chicago. And I was playing soccer. Um, my mother was running marathons, so I could see her living an active lifestyle. My, mo- my mom always made sure to put us in sports, all three of us, because uh, growing up, she wished that she was allowed to, uh, but her she was kind of like, um, she was kind of like the kid who was like sitting on the front porch, like wanting to play with the other kids, but like she wasn't allowed to just cause I think there was like a different kind of like strictness or that her parents might've put upon her then. And she just remembers like always wanting to like kind of play sports and like do these activities that she wasn't allowed to. Um, but, um, she yeah, so for that reason, she made sure to like put me in soccer. I remember playing, you know, basketball, baseball, um, you know, all the sports, you know, so yeah, that, that, um, that was my upbringing. So around five or six years old, I was in Chicago still. How long did you live out in Chicago for? So, uh, I spent up to 2010. So I was born in 1989. Uh, so four years, you know, after you, were brought into Chicago. Um, and then I, yeah, in 2010, when I was in, what grade was I in? Like I spent eighth grade. Yes. I spent eighth grade in Florida. So, uh, when I was up until seventh grade, I spent in Chicago. Um, I, I grew up in Hyde Park, moved to Oak Park, um, and then spent, eighth grade in Florida spent lived there for three years. We moved over there to help my, my, um, my grandmother on my mother's side, take care of my grandfather who by that point had, uh, had, uh, suffered two back-to-back strokes and he had diabetes, he, uh, dementia. So, um, he was, my, my grandmother was like taking care of him all by herself and she needed some help. And so, um, my, my family moved over there and we kind of all lived together to, to help her take care of him. So, yeah. But you Chicago is the place that I will always consider home. Like people ask me all the time, like you lived and everybody always thought I was like a military kid. Cause they're like, Oh, you move so much. I was like, first of all, I don't feel like I've moved that much. Uh, like I live in Chicago, lived in Florida. Then we moved to Tennessee. I stayed in Tennessee until, you know, moving to New York for Peloton. Um, but Chicago is a place that will always and forever be like, I will consider home for sure. I, I feel that I can connect with that. When you went to, yeah. um, so you went from Chicago to Florida, to Tennessee, to New York. That's your, your path. That's right. Is there, is there any spot that you hated? Um, I wouldn't say there was a spot I hated, it's very intense, um, I know. Yeah, uh, I think just because I had, um, I had a fractured, you know, you know, academic career. Just because, yeah, like I told you, I kind of like, I didn't, I, I'm, I, I kind of more so than hating a, a place. I kind of just like wished that I had the stability to cultivate relationships in one place. And because you, you always hear about those people who are like, oh man, my boy, you know, we've been, we've been friends since we were like in kindergarten or like, well, and I never really, I feel like I kind of didn't have that opportunity because 
I never, I didn't have a chance to like set roots in any one place. But then also at the same time, that gave me the ability to kind of, you know, adapt and change and kind of start fresh and anew and create a new, um, you know, not have to worry about creating like a new identity in different places. But as far as like which place I, I like the least, if I had to say the place I like the least, it would probably have been uh, Tennessee, to be honest, because uh, Florida was cool. It, you know, I loved being in the sun. I loved being in like, it was so diverse. I, being in Florida, you almost sometimes don't feel like it's, you're still in America because it's so different from everywhere else in America. Uh, I was around, I love being around like other cultures, like, you know, um, other Hispanic cultures, you know, Haitian culture. And it, it was all, it's there. Um, not to mention, yeah, like, a, you know, the beach is there too. So, um, and up until that point, I, the only beach I'd lived to was like, or lived close to was like uh, Lake Michigan beach, which isn't quite the same. But uh, yeah, after moving from, from Florida, which the reason we moved was so that my mother, who was a pediatrician, she wanted to be able to own and operate her own practice, um, her own pediatric clinic. So she, I, remember, I remember as we were kind of living in Florida uh, toward the end of our stay there, she was shopping around and like checking out all these. We were, I remember flying to like North Carolina, flying to Mississippi, flying to all these different places that, you know, she was for these towns that basically, because she wanted to move in. Uh, operate in her office within a place that like had a need for her. She wanted to go to a place that like had a, that wasn't necessarily like, you know, um, you know, a big city or had like a lot of things going on for itself, but she wanted to have a place that had a, had a need and like kind of fulfill the need for that. She's always just had a heart for that going to like uh, places and working within places based on like their, their, the need in the community. Um, and we ended up settling on Jackson, Tennessee. And I just remember like when we moved there, there was just like, not a lot of going on. So like, obviously there's no beaches in Jackson, Tennessee. It's uh, Jackson, Tennessee. I don't know how much you know about it, but it's like, a, it's a small town, you know, definitely not as much to do <laughs> in Jackson, Tennessee as there is in Chicago or Florida. Um, and it was just like, I spent my last two years of high school there. And I, I was like, I was like here, like, this is where I got, I'm ending my high school. But um, not that I hated it. I didn't absolutely hate it, but it was just like, it just wasn't, you know, what I was, I was used to. And, uh, yeah. So also you got to throw in the fact that like, by that point I had, you know, I'm going, I'm about to like graduate. I'm like in my last two years of my high school career, which is where like, where you're going to graduate. And like, hopefully you like, you have all these friends you get like enjoy. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like thrown in and I'm like the new kid all over again. And I didn't, so yeah, but yeah, do you think, think do you think the the moving helped you sharpen your skills cuz you know you have to make new friends again you got to learn totally. you know streets again you got to learn yourself again like there's just so much Totally totally um you know what it's funny cuz I I was a kid growing up and you might be able to relate cuz I remember reading you you know speak about how you know you're not quite fully an introvert not quite fully an extrovert like the ambivert um, growing up, I didn't understand that. So how I felt and how I experienced my childhood growing up was me being, keeping to myself for the most part. Like I read a lot of books. I read so many books growing up. I was a massive book. Runner. I probably read more books in my childhood than I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of people 
probably into their adulthood will even read like maybe that's an exaggeration but i just that's just like the extent which i felt like i read so many books growing up um i can blame my dad and my grandmother on that on on his side because she made me fall in love with the library and my dad was always pushing me to like expand my vocabulary so um but yeah how i experienced childhood was like i was a kid who liked you know i played sports i read books i played video games and i didn't really i wasn't an extrovert i i kind of saw myself as like an outsider like i would see other people like having parties and like you know having a lot of friends and stuff and i would i was like the outside of the person the outside looking in and i would always wonder like why is that not why i i wish i could be popular like I, so i thought that i wanted to be popular growing up but my energy and like what i was doing clearly didn't match that right because if i really wanted that i would just like go go do that but um yeah so as i when i moved to tennessee i didn't necessarily you know i made the friends that i made like were one was um like they were either like on the teams that i on this you know friends with that i made through the sports that i played or um there was like one classmate who i was like really kind of close with in uh in my last years of high school in jackson tennessee like that's always who i've been too i've not been the kind of person who like tends to like have a ton of like like a whole entourage of friends like i'll have like one or two close people that i'm like close to that that are that i rock with and then like everybody else i have like i might have a lot of acquaintances but yeah so oh, I, re I relate to that <laughs> yep mm -hmm. i relate to that a lot exactly so growing up how did you figure out what you were passionate about speak like like in high school like what were some right. of the things that that called you you know because that's around the age when we're trying to figure things out and figure out who yeah. we are you know obviously that never totally. stopped definitely during high school that's when i feel like at least for my journey i feel like that's when I really started diving deep into figuring out, okay, what, what do I want to become in life? Um, so yes. what were you passionate about in high school? That's a great question. So in high school, first to kind of give you like a, <laughs> a little uh, background about me. I don't know if you can relate to this, but um, growing up, me in school in general, whether it was like, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, even college, um, we didn't necessarily get along because school didn't, it just didn't, um, I just didn't, I wasn't like motivated to like do anything or be anything good in school. Like in school didn't stimulate me. It didn't just, it just didn't, uh, it, I wasn't excited about it. Um, and the way that growing up my, you know, I, I, I felt, at the time, like I was like this kid who, you know, growing up sometimes just would, you know, I was the class clown. Like I was kind of like, you know, not really take school seriously. I was a kid that, that teachers always told me like, oh, he's got so much potential, but he's just like, doesn't apply himself. And my mother would, she told me, she like, I remember having a conversation with her like later, this is after like I graduated in college and stuff. And I remember like having a conversation with her about like how I was as a kid in school. And she was like, she was like, you weren't like a, you weren't like a trouble kid. You weren't like a problem child. You were just, you were just really smart and intelligent and you weren't stimulated by, you know, what was in front of you. Um, and I kind of, it kind of, that reframing kind of made me pause and realize like, you know what? She's right. Like so many of the things, like I'm the kind of, 
and I'm still the same way in my adulthood now. Like if something strokes my curiosity or it piques my curiosity or it makes me um, want to invest more time into it to learn more about it, like I will, I will go to the ends of the earth to like discover and explore uh, more about that thing. But if something just doesn't, I am, there's nothing you can like, you can like try to <laughs> drag me, push me. It'll be like trying to push a mountain because I'm just like not about it, you know? So in high school, basically it kind of worked the same way. Like there were subjects obviously in high school that you have to learn regardless of like what your passion is or what your interest is. But like, I just didn't, I think I wasn't, I would wait, I would procrastinate. I would wait to study until the last minute. And uh, also it, what didn't help was that I kind of already had decided in my mind that I was just going to follow my parents' footsteps and be a doctor like them. Cause I was, I so admired them and I thought they were my heroes, um, which I still do. And I was kind of like the kind of, um, the kind of firstborn son in me just wanted to, you know, I already had an interest, interest and curiosities in the sciences. Um, I, I loved, you know, the idea of being a doctor, the idea of being a doctor, um, my, like my grandmother on both my parents' sides are both nurses. So I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. They're nurses. My parents are doctors. Makes sense. Like, you know, why don't I be a doctor too? And I, um, plus I thought, I just like the idea of it. And so, but it, the funny, the, but the funny thing was that that idea and that thought didn't match my actions. Like I did, I wasn't out here trying to like get experience or get credits, like to you know, foreshadow any kind of doctors or like do anything. I was just like, oh, that's just what I'll, that's just what I'll do. So in high school, um, I wasn't really thinking about like what am I going to do because I, I kind of already figured that's what I would do. And there was really no like backup plan or not, not really like a ton of thought put into that. Um, yeah, it wasn't until college until like that idea and like kind of shattered. And I was forced to kind of, I remember being on academic probation in college because I was, my grades were just so abysmal. And I was, I remember it wasn't until that point that I kind of like had to like, you know, pick up the pieces and say like, okay, what do I actually, that didn't work. I was just, I was just BSing myself with that. What do I actually care about? What am I actually interested in? What do I actually have, you know, curiosity in? And that's when I um, kind of just looked at my life and was just like, you know what? I've, one thing I've always been, you know, I've always enjoyed is I've always liked playing sports. I've always enjoyed, you know, physical activity. So why don't I, you know, pivot and turn these, this is my junior year, by the way. <laughs> Why don't I pivot here and take all these credits and, all, and this intention, you know, I'm going through college with and like, why don't I take it towards potentially being a physical therapist? You know, what if I did that? What if I was like somebody who helped sports or sport athletes and people um, in that way uh, so they can be better athletes? And that kind of like was curious. I was like, that's, that's like a little clue. So why don't I start pursuing that? <clears throat> and so I changed my major from pre- med to uh, pre-physical therapy. And uh, I was a fifth, fifth year senior by the time I graduated, but at least uh, I, I was able to graduate with like the bulk of like what I learned in pre-med and apply that towards pre-physical therapy. So yeah. What a, what a, what a journey so far. So yeah. you currently work for Peloton. 
I do. What what what's the the title or role you you have there? So, the title I'm gonna ask this in two answer this in two parts. The title that I have in my role is um, you know Peloton instructor. Uh, the second part that I want to answer that with is like what the role actually entails and what it kind of consists of is like other sub roles within that. So one is, you know, a group fitness instructor. One is a, um, a you know, a DJ. One is a, a, you know, a fitness coach. One is a motivator. One is a, um, you know, a marketer, you know, marketing my, you know, my content and my classes and, so I can connect further with the community and make, make sure that they, you know, they, they want to rock my content so that I can, I can use it to help improve their lives in whatever small way that I can. Uh, so many smaller that those and more, it just so many roles fit in within um, that title. But yeah, that's, that's the title that I have at Peloton. I love and it. it seems like they, the, the team up there is, a very, very specific team. Like you, you guys just don't have, you know, a million trainers, you know, you have a very specific team. So how did, I mean, yes. how did you get your role? What did they see? Uh, you know, what did they see in you? Like, what was it like to even get the opportunity? Right. So that's a good question. You're very, uh, that's a very good observation you've made is that we Peloton, um, does not have like just a million, you know, instructors. Um, they have exactly 31 instructors, <laughs> uh, across, you know, the U S Germany and the UK. And so it's a privilege. It's an honor. It truly is for me to even be considered <laughs> to be one among those, among that number, among those ranks. Uh, and I even said that in my interview process, but right before I was given, you know, moments before I was like given the, you know, the job or the position officially, I was like, you know what, honestly, the fact that, you know, I was even considered for this, it's, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I felt that way. And I told them that, <laughs> but, um, they, yeah, they hired me and the rest is history. So to answer your question though, about how the process looked about how they found me or, or, or discovered me is, um, the, so Peloton, uh, it was it was very serendipitous actually because most most for the most part I, I I think most instructors they kind of um, either know somebody who's already there and then they get referred they kind of are referral referred to the company and then the company checks them out and they're like you know they bring them on stuff like that but in my situation I was um, I was in Nashville. Uh, working as an online fitness coach, I had just kind of started to hit my stride as an online fitness coach. And I was loving it. I was literally telling myself, like, I found my part, like, this is what I was put here to do. I loved, I'm able to live location independent, use the internet and invest in people from wherever they are in the world in a way that uplifts them, motivates them, helps them break barriers in their life, physically, you know, mentally, uh, spiritually, even. And I was, I fell in love with that role so much. And, um, I was, I, I got a, you know, an Instagram message one day from, uh, from a, uh, Barry's bootcamp instructor, 
that I followed on Instagram. His name is Matty Majacomo, who is now one of my coworkers at Peloton. And he kind of reached out to me and he was like, Hey, are you, um, it's like, Hey, what are you up to nowadays? And I, I kind of like let him know. Uh, and that was, I think that was our first time ever having like a conversation, like in the DMS or like that. Cause, uh, I had, I had worked at uh very zoo camp prior to, um, Peloton, uh, or prior to this moment that he reached out to me and, uh, how it kind of works when you're working in that setting is kind of like you, you follow all the other instructors and the, all the other locations and you kind of see, kind of check out other, how other people are doing their thing. And he was one of those people that I follow. Cause I was like, okay, I like his energy. I like his style, I like his vibe. Um, and he was, a you know, he was up in New York, but then he reached out to me and he asked like, Hey, what are you doing these days? And I kind of told him, let him know. And then kind of, you know, we just chatted a little bit and then that was it. Then shortly after that, I got a message from, um, uh, Rebecca Kennedy, who was at that time an employee of Peloton, but I didn't really know too much about Peloton. Really. The only thing that I knew about Peloton was from one of my uh, personal training clients at the time because uh, he had a Peloton bike and he would tell me all the time about how much he loved it and how much he was like, oh my gosh, I love my Peloton bike. And we would do strength training together, but he would get his cardio in on that Peloton bike. And he was always telling me like, oh man, I love it. I love, my, you know, there's this one, you know, <laughs> chick on the bike and she's, I love her music, her classes, the energy, it's all great. So I would hear him raving about it, but never did it even occur to me like to do that because I was like, I don't, I'm not a, you know, I don't, I'm not a cycling instructor. So, um, but she reached out to me and she was like, Hey, um, I I'm with Peloton and I just wanted to kind of reach out and, uh, get in touch with you, get on the phone call if you'd like. And so we eventually, uh, got on that phone call and how I describe it is like, I remember standing in my, in my apartment, my studio apartment in Nashville, the phone was to my ear and I'm just standing there. And she's telling me about like the opportunity and what, what I would do and what they would want me to do and, and, and everything. And I felt like I was like Neo in the matrix, like mm-hmm. downloading. I felt, I felt like I was downloading. Like, I, like I was downloading like a, a new mission. Cause I was like, Holy crap, this aligns with everything that I'm about and everything that I want to do. Because the reason that I'm, mind you, like the reason I was like doing online fitness coaching, because I wanted to find first a way to kind of distance myself from like personal training, get into the online space. But by that point, I had already been playing with like doing virtual coaching or virtual um, fitness because I had done like, I'd been going on Facebook and kind of doing these like free, um, you know, uh, live stream workouts. There were like little short 15 minute workouts that I would do. I did them a few times. I bought all the camera equipment and I was just like figuring out how to do that because I loved the, the group fitness experience. But what I didn't like was that the magic of that moment was limited to just that moment. Like I, 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 I hated the fact that all the effort, all the blood, sweat and tears I, I put towards making something you know, to this one hour of this workout, it's like, I was like, man, there's gotta be a way to like reach more people and to make it like, make it last too. And so my goal with like online coaching was to build that and become location dependent so that I could then travel and then go around the world. Um, like basically live streaming from wherever I was, uh, with these beautiful backdrops, whether I was kind of like in Switzerland or Thailand or Bali or like wherever I'm traveling. But basically that's, that's, that was my dream. Like be able to travel, have that freedom to travel, explore while also providing value to the world through the way that I kind of 
um, I, I knew how and that I enjoyed. And so we're on the phone and she's telling me, I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this is, I have to do this. Like, this is, <laughs> this is uh, like our vision, the vision that I had and the vision of Peloton. It was just like, I'm, this is what I got to do. So, um, but at the same time, I was kind of like, I didn't want to kind of get my hopes up too high. So my, it's funny because my parents actually did not even know about the, the offer, um, at least in its entirety or like what it truly meant until like I actually fully got off, offered the job, um, and like signed up. So, um, yeah, that's how they found me. It was very, it's highly, very serendipitous. Like, and the only reason that Maddie, um, had even put my name in the pot to be, um, reached out to from Peloton is because he had fought, he had happened to follow me too. And when they were kind of looking for somebody with like my, you know, my, who, who was kind of similar to, you know, what I brought, I was one of the people that he kind of was like, Hey, you got it. You guys should probably check out this guy, which blows my mind. And I'm so grateful for, and I, I always tell Maddie, like, man, like I'm in your debt forever. <laughs> Just cause, um, He's, yeah, he's the reason that I, I'm able to have this blessed opportunity at, at Peloton, which I'm so grateful for. You know, you're making me think about something uh, that is a common thread that I'm seeing here yeah. among, first of all, my own life. And then second, people that I've been talking to who, you know, outside looking in, we would consider to be successful. And right. the common thread, and this is such a beautiful conclusion that you're helping me see, is that other people see light in us every sure. single day and we get so down on ourselves. We put so much pressure on ourselves. True. We, we live and we allow ourselves to visit these like negative vibrations. But if you were to just be grateful for a moment and just to remind yourself of how many other people see light in you, right? it's like not to minimize any person's pain or struggle, but it, it to me would just, kind of fade away, you know, even from, and I know people are going to say, oh, well, social media is fake or it's not real. It's not authentic. Okay. I get that. I won't argue that with you, but let's just say someone like you, where you have like, uh, I, I don't know, I think you have like what, 20,000 followers on Instagram, something of that nature. It's like, well, uh, maybe yeah, all, almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, maybe, maybe all 20 don't really care that much, you know, but there's probably at least 200 people in there who like, genuinely check your page every single day or watch your stories every day. They probably message you all the time and probably just telling you, Hey, keep going or Hey, thank you. You know, and then the platform of the right. Peloton platform that you're on the thousands of people that you're teaching every day in your courses. Like, I mean, I text you that one day, my best friend took your course and right. he texts me. He's like, man, he's like, this Chase dude is amazing. Like, I just took this course. He had no Thank idea you. that we're connected, that we even knew each other. Mm -hmm. And when I got the text, right. I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is my best friend texting me this. And <laughs> I sent him, I sent it, I sent you the screenshot. I'm like, dude, my best friend's yeah. in your class. Like, this is this is amazing. And it's just like, it's really just making me think about what you were just saying is really making me think about how there's so much light in each one of us and how other people see our light. And it's just such, such a, such a beautiful conclusion, man, that, that he was able to believe in you and, and bring you in to this opportunity that you earned, that you worked for, 
that yes. you set yourself up for. It wasn't just like a, hey, we're just going to throw this shot in the dark. Like you right. were created, you know, for this, uh, at least at, at this point in your journey. And so right. what is what is it like, you know, for I'm sure some of my listeners are Peloton, um, you know, subscribees like walk me through like the back end like what what's it like on a day where you know not non-quarantine day when everything is normal for you in new york <laughs> right and you know you're you know you got a couple classes like walk me kind of through how you just structure your day how you set up your classes and yeah let's that's your question so um there's a ideally like my ideal day um on my personal end, on my in my personal kind of life and world, ideally I always aim to kind of, you know, start my day early, wake up. You know, for the first year I was like waking up at, at bell time that I was working. I was waking up at like four a.m. every morning, um, just to kind of make sure I was getting my meditation in, um, taking care of myself, um, you know, just checking with myself and making sure that I was in the right you know mindset because. Uh, I just, I wanted to, I didn't, I understood this was a massive opportunity and I wanted to fully take advantage of it. And by being fully kind of present, um, and mentally like in, in the good headspace for it. So, um, and still to this day, like my ideal, my ideal day looks that way. Like me waking up early, getting, you know, some morning movement, some meditation, mindfulness, um, getting some like, you know, learning in some way. And then starting with my day. So that's in my kind of like personal world. Uh, typical day at Peloton, it depends. On, that's the thing. That's what, that's one of the things actually I love about the job. But then it's also, uh, it's a challenge. But I, I, I love variation and in, in the, um, the fact that it's, no, it's nothing static and shifting, especially working for, a, you know, Peloton being like, a, you know, the such a, a versatile and um, just nimble startup company and mostly a lot of people forget that like it's a startup company it wasn't just like you know a corporation always like they started you know <laughs> in a room with you know an, an office room with like somebody on a bike just talking to a camera and now it is what it is uh today but um yeah the not every day is the same so um on one day it might look like me teaching a class um in the morning. Um, and then the rest of the day I have to either spend to get my own workout in or, um, you know, refuel, um, do some class planning for the next class that I have coming up, which includes like not only the programming of the class, obviously, but then like playlisting, which I pour a lot, probably I'd say more time into the playlisting than I do the program because, um, being someone who kind of grew up I didn't grow up, but like I came from kind of like that uh, exercise science background and worked in a physical therapy clinic uh, for my kinesiology externship right out of college. That kind of stuff, I know like the back of my hand, it's like, it's, 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 it's simple. It's easy to, to me for like for me to make that part and to be creative with that. Uh, but I love being able to um, create like, personally, I believe that music is like, it's lifeblood of a workout. It is for me at least. And so I love being able to find different songs and sounds and ways to kind of further allow people to be immersed in the moment. And music has the power. It, it has, it's so powerful. Um, it has the power to like, not only, um, 
you know, literally make you want to work harder. Like you want to move in beat with the music, but then you also, it has literally has the power to like just change your mood, change your emotions, which is crazy. Cause there's not, there's not a, as te- technologically advanced as we are, you know, in 2020, there is no way to like, you know, press a button and like, Oh, I'm this emotion now. Oh, I'm this emotion. I'm that emotion. Like, you know, you will but be like a billionaire music, if you can create that though. Right. Exactly. But, <laughs> but like music has that, that power, that ability. So I, I take that, I don't take that for granted at all. And that's why I invest so much time into, you know, intricately crafting uh, to the best of my ability with what time I have, you know, these, um, you know, just really quality playlists that will really pull people. Cause here's the thing, not everybody, you know, loves working out as much as I do. Sometimes I don't even like working out as much as I do, <laughs> but, um, everybody, no one is immune to music, you know? No matter what mood you're in, nobody is immune to immune to, you know, the emotions and the energy that a song or, or music can have to pull you into a moment, um, and make and give you the power to do whatever it is you you need to do. So, uh, yeah, kind of went on a tangent there with like my playlisting process and my class planning. But yeah, so class planning, teaching class. Sometimes, depending on the day, I might have a meeting where I, you know, I go into the office and I might have a meeting to talk about, you know, future um, ideas for like upcoming classes or, you know, content. But uh, yeah. With the classes, you uh, like, where do you do them at? Yeah. So great question. So the classes themselves, um, I can plan them from wherever. As long as I have Wi-Fi, I can like plan and, you know, you know, make the classes, but they're actually filmed in the uh in an actual studio so um peloton is you know it's a it's a media company a lot of people they they would call it like a fitness you know or a you know a fitness equipment company but like first and foremost they're like a you know a media company and so there's actually a studio and we have production we have a production team we have people who you know in their prior you know roles before Peloton, they used to like help produce, you know, like the Olympics or like, you know, for ESPN. So, like we have an actual production team in a studio and so many like just badass, hardworking people behind the scenes. Shout out all like the production staff and like my production team because they just like they're the unsung kind of heroes behind the scenes that nobody ever gets to see. But like they are, I wouldn't, I would be literally nothing without them. But, um, yeah, so there's an actual studio where um, the instructor, we the instructors uh, go, and depending on the class, we might have a you know an audience, you know, full audience on there in the class with us, or it might be just us and the camera. But um, yeah, that's where they're actually shot. Up until uh, this year, all of the um, classes were uh, filmed and shot in studios that were for tread and yoga in West Village and then for cycling was filmed and and shot in on 23rd Street and here in uh in Chelsea. But now as of this year we've kind of we've moved to our new location which is in Hudson Yards. So this is a kind of a tough question because it's hard to predict the future, but you know, how long do you see yourself staying with them? That's a great question. Um, I don't see that as being like a, a hard question at all. I, it's something that, um, as of right now, like I, I tell myself, like, um, you know, 
I plan on being at Peloton for, you know, what I tell people usually is like, I plan on being at Peloton for as long as it makes sense, you know, uh, as long as I'm able, as long as I can. Um, but like, if you want like a year, I'd say, I tell myself like at least the ne- next decade, you know, if not more than that. But I plan, you know, when I came to Peloton, I, I knew that it would take at least like a year or two to um, kind of just just even just even learn the job, learn the role, not even become like proficient or good at it. Um, so I, I, I gave myself that. And like, as of right now, I know for a fact that like, I want to sink in, I want to, you know, sink the next decade of my life, at least at minimum, like into Peloton. I, I really truly do believe in what, what they are as a company, what they stand for. Um, this is, I think that um, being the person that I am, just like, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm of an entrepreneurial mind and I'm of the, and I'm definitely like, a, you know, super independent, like a, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, a rebel, <laughs> uh, that's who I've always been. So this is, I mean, when I say like, this is the only corporate job in the world that I could possibly do. Um, <laughs> just because I, how much I love Peloton and how much I love what they provide the world with. And uh, there's just so many things that I could go on to just about how much I just love, uh, how proud I am to just be at Peloton and how excited I am to see what the future holds with them. So, you know, what's about to happen right now, right? I don't, but I'm, I'm eager to hear. Tell me. I want you to grab your cell phone. You have an iPhone, right? Okay. I do. And you're going to lead me right now on to making a playlist because I need a workout playlist. Really? <laughs> yeah. And, let's and do it, you're, let's do it. you're the man for this. So, so I'm going to start. You have, me like, you have me like right now. It's a real time. Uh, real time. This with you? Yo, yep. that's so cool. That's just so cool, actually. Um, so wait, how many songs do you want in the playlist? And what's let's the purpose see. of it? Okay. So first, let me name it. I'm going to name it. Uh, I'm just going to name it. So here's how I name my, my playlist, just so everyone knows. Uh, I have a I have a playlist called Super Vibey, and I actually have 13 different of those playlists. And then what I okay. do is I'll create like 20 to 30 songs in there. And it'll just it'll just be the vibe on like, you know, like a super vibey song. Like like I was in uh, California one time and we, we walked into this spot. And it's just like, you know, it's just like margaritas and bikinis and abs yeah. and like, it was just such right. a vibe like the song the dj was playing i'm like what is this you know so i like i, I shazam and i'm like hey what song is this and then thank god for shazam <laughs> yeah i just make a playlist Seriously. like based on that song you know and so what i do is like whenever i go somewhere i always just like make a new playlist so with my workout playlist the way i do my workouts is i'll i'll title it workout and then I'll do the uh, the colon and then I'll put like whatever it is. So like I have workout future, workout three, six mafia, workout two right. pot, you know, workout. Uh, I got an 80s playlist, you know, so um, just depends. I have a workout jock jams, you know, like in the 90s, like those songs. Yeah. So I'm going to do. It's funny because like our instructor is uh, Jess Sims. He's got a she loves jock jams. And I. it's funny because I had I didn't even know that was like a phrase or like a thing until she was like talking about it but yeah jock jam I, I know what the songs are but like i never heard it to re- referred to as like jock jams but, yep jock jam so uh-huh. i'm gonna call it workout and then we're just gonna put chase so 
Uh, let's do, um, give me, you know, you need to work out for about an hour or so. So let's get a, you know, 60 minute playlist. Okay. And so what are you going to be doing with this playlist? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna listen to it when I work out. So usually I start, you know, with a, uh, some type of movement, jump and roll. Um, I'll run, I usually run a couple of miles, then I'll get into like some strength. Uh, and then at the end I'll get into like some flexibility. Okay. So for the, what are your personal kind of, what do you like to work out to? Cause I don't want to make your voice based on like what I like. What do you, what do you tend to listen to when you work out? My music is so that gets you hype. It's so like eclectic, dude. Like I can listen to, I can listen to R and B and work out. I can listen to music with no words. I can listen to hip hop. I can listen to '90s rap. I can listen to you know future. Like I can anything, dude. You got total freedom. Total freedom. Whatever, whatever you're feeling, whatever you, whatever you create, I'm gonna put on here. All right. This is like we were talking about earlier. This is me giving up control allowing you to do what you're great at and just me just submitting to one of your skills and just allowing that to empower me. Absolutely. I love that. This is such a cool idea, by the way. Um, so I would say how I would start it off is so you said you like to um, do a warm up first. Yep. So um, give me like what's something, give me a song to start with and I can play off from that. Okay. By the way, I'm the same. I'm the same way in that I'm very eclectic with my music taste. Sometimes I work out to like R&B. Literally, one of my recent workouts was like to like some soft R&B, like some '90s R&B, and then I'll work out to like some, you know, borderline, you know, metal and like rock stuff. Like, <laughs> right. It's, cra- it's crazy. It's all over the place. All right. Let's see. I'll start it with uh, "Dangerous" Buster Rhymes. Dangerous. Okay. I don't. That, I can't think of what that sounds like on top of my head, but dangerous. Buster Rhymes. Also, I'm, yeah, I have my phone out right here, so I'm actually like looking these up. Okay, cool. Um, cool. So, Dangerous Buster Rhymes. So, what I like to do um, for my own playlists, unless it's like a hip hop only playlist, I like to, um, I like to for myself in my classes and in my my playlist, I like to have like hip hop be like the base. If it's like a recipe. I like to think of it as like hip hop is the base. So like 50% of my class or the, or the playlist will be like hip hop. Um, but I'll alternate. So like every other song is hip hop. That mm. way you kind of like, you're, it gives me space to like miss it. So like I hear something else that's not hip hop that I also like, but then like hip hop is back, you know? So since that's like an old school hip hop song, I would say the next song I'll put after that, let's do, let's do like a pop song. Like, um, who do you like pop wise? Who's somebody that you like, like in the pop realm? Pop, okay. Um, weekend. Ooh, yes, man. Weekend <laughs> is like one of my favorite, if not like my favorite artists, right? Dude, Weekend for me is probably okay. If I had to do a top ten artist, he's definitely yeah. in there. If I had to oh, do a top five. Definitely, definitely, he might make my top five. I mean, I would have to sit down with pen and paper and really do yeah. some. I would have nah, to. The weekend, the weekend is for sure in my in my top five for sure. He's um, hey, okay. Yeah, he's definitely in my top five. I'm glad he's in your top ten too. Um, so I'm gonna throw some just because it's like a newer. So since we went with like an old school hip hop song, let me throw like a newer weekend song in there. So I'll put Heartless. Um. So Heartless after that, 
Then let's throw it back to some, let's put some like hip hop again. This time, uh, since we put a throwback in there, we'll put like a new hip hop song. So who's uh, who's like a newer hip hop artist you like? Um, Let's see. There's a guy that you may not have heard of. He's not super popular, but he's got like really good, um, like hustle, Try motivation, it. like get, get, get going. His name is Jay Rue yeah. and he's from Ohio. Jay Rue. Ooh. Jay Rue. Jay, I, might, I, might, I might be learning some stuff from you. Good. It's really good. Is it Jay, um, like J A Y? Here, let me let me pull it up. J J Ru. Okay, so it's J E R R E A U. J Ru. Uh, J E R R. J E R R E A U. E A U. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So yeah, okay. he, he has a he has an album called Never How You Plan It. Go ahead and download yeah. that one. And literally, okay. I'll, I'll play that album. And that album is 45 minutes. I'll play that and I'll run it from back. I'll run while the whole album, I'll just listen to the whole album. It's such it's okay. such a good, like, inspirational, like, come on, you got to get this. You got to work. You got to grind. So I'll just pick a Yo, song. Oh, I uh, love that. Is really it like trap? Is he sound? He uh, it's not really trap because he's he's rapping like he's actually putting the poetry and he's he's really rapping. Okay, gotcha. Who would you compare him to, like art artist wise? It's a, like a popular artist, like Kevin Gates, like Ace Hood, like uh, that kind of go get it type. Music he's more artist. like a J Cole. J Cole, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so he's like a he's like a grind, like hustle and grind meets J Cole. J. Yes, Cole he's a hustle. Like J. J Cole. Okay. Yep. So he's similar to J. Cole. Yep. So there's a song he has called Really Got It. Really Got It? Yeah, I just saw that. It says number one. So let's throw, let's throw that on there. Um, add that to the playlist. So after that, we'll um, we'll do something else that's like non-hip-hop. Throw in some... I like... Uh, do you like EDM? Put me on. Who's a who's a favorite EDM artist of yours? Or give me like the top top one or two I, or three that come to mind. I don't have one. I'm I'm, I'm oh, ignorant. You don't, Put really? me on. Really? Okay. Okay. All right. So since I'm not going to throw you too deep into uh, the EDM, since you're like you're new to it, so like let's throw some Carnage. Carnage. I love Carnage because he's got like a he's got like a trap hip trap EDM. Um, meets like it's like hip hop. If you like hip hop, then I feel like you'll like his stuff. So he's got a song, one of my favorite like pump up jams. It's explicit. So if you're listening to this, then, you know, you know, just know I have warned ahead of time. Unless you listen to clean version, it is explicit, but I love it. This pump up song called bricks. Um, okay. okay got Carnage it. Featuring Migos. Yeah. Got it. That song is like, it is one of the, I, I think I've like, that's one of the songs that I've kind of like used as I'll specifically if that song plays in my playlist, I'll specifically like replay it and start from the beginning just so I can kill it during like this heavy lifting moment that I know that I'm going to need like an extra boost. So yeah, Bricks by Carnage featuring Migos. Got it. That'll be it. Um, okay. So then we're back to hip hop. So let's go back again with some, um, some old school hip hop. Let's get some, I'm thinking you like, so you like Busta. So let's get some, Let's get some DMX. Oh man, okay. Yeah, let's get some DMX in that. Um, let's get some Rough Riders anthem. I like that. How about you? 
Yep, Red Riders anthem. Stop, Let's go. drop, shut them down, open up shop. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It could be that. It could be X going to give it to you. It could be like party up. There's like a there's a whole bunch. Uh, let's yeah, let's go with Rough Riders anthem. Okay, add it. Uh, and then so let's throw in some something like a little, not quite pop or EDM. Let's throw in some like R and B. Like so, how much you do you like Chris Brown? I like Chris Brown. I like Breezy. Okay, nice. So one song of his I like that comes to mind right now is. Uh, pills and automobiles. You know that one? I don't know that one. Okay, if it's with uh, Yo Gotti's on it too, but it's uh, yeah, it's like R and B, but it's like just enough like little hip hop in there to keep it like keep the energy up. Um, let's see. Got it. So after that, let's get like a let's get another hip hop track. I'll do like a newer one. So you like J Cole? So do you like? Do you like uh, 21 Savage? I do like 21 Savage. Okay, let's get a lot by 21 Savage reaching J. Cole. While we're on the subject of 21 Savage, he has a song with Childish Gambino um, yeah. called- Oh, uh, does he? How new? Wait, yeah, how did I not know this? Bro, this song, bro, hold on. It's uh, it's called Monster. I did not know this. It's called Monster. The song oh. is incredible. Yo, it's I gotta incredible. I gotta find this. I gotta find You gotta this. get it. Yeah. It's a uh, Savage. Thank you so much. The game turned a monster. Yeah. Savage and it's called Monster. I've been listening to Childish Gambino for a long time. I was back. Okay, wait. I don't see is it on Spotify? So, 21 just Savage. Type, type in Monster 21 Savage. The thing is, is he doesn't have a feature credit on there, but he's gotcha. on the Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Oh he's on wow. Okay. Okay. So I'll add that. I love that monster. You're gonna love this song too. Monster. So are we putting monster or a lot on the playlist? Um, well, now that you mentioned that, I mean put that on there, you know? Okay, let's put it on there. Yeah, let's do it. Savage and childish. I'm writing this down. Okay, cool. So put put monster. On it. So now we got, let me check the playlist. Now we got, we got Dangerous, Heartless, Really Got It, Bricks, Rough Riders Anthem, Pills Automobiles. We got a monster. Um, next up, let's throw in some pop. Let's throw in some, something. Do you like, um, do you like, who do you like, uh, uh, what ladies of, of pop do you listen to? Uh, ladies pop. Let's see. Actually, let me just kind of look at my phone and tell you. Yeah. Let's see. Personally, off the top of my head, I can think of, I like listening to, I like some Ariana Grande. I like, um, who else? Um, Demi Lovato. I like, I like Ariana. She, she's got a great voice. Yeah, she does. And I love how she's in her sounds recently. She's been having like that kind of like that um, trap beat on some of her stuff. Dude, she she has a song with Kid Cudi. You ever heard that one? Oh, wait. I think I have. Yeah, I she's got a song with Kid Cudi that sounds really good. Kid. Uh, like, yeah, let's see what it's called. How come I'm looking her up as in show? Is he not credited on it? I'm not sure he should be. I think it's on her last album. Let's see. 
Ariana Grande. It's her last one, Thank You Next. I think it's Thank You Next, right? Yeah, that was her last album. Oh, Daisy will know. Let me look it up. I'm going to Google it. Childish. Or no, not Childish. Kid Cuddy. I still got to listen to like the Scots, that new album with uh, Travis Scott, Kid Cuddy. Uh, Kate Cuddy, Arnie Grande. Huh, it's not pulling up anything. Actually, it is not Ariana Grande. It is Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Yeah, okay. Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez. And Kate I like her too. She's your place. Uh, a yeah. sweeter place. Ooh, okay. So let's throw that in there. That's a little. See, that's a that's uh that's sweet too because you get to have. Not just one, but two artists that you rock with in there, right? You like Kid Cudi? Yeah. Oh, Kid Cudi, boy, man, look. If I ever, if I ever get to meet Kid Cudi, I'm going to have a, a great Yo, I got to I gotta meet Kid Cudi. Yo, that's on the bucket list. That is on the bucket list. I need to talk to him. And it wasn't. It wouldn't even be like a fanboy moment for me. I mean, no, for me, it would be no. like kind of like as a peer, just as a, as a creator, yeah. as a writer. It Absolutely. would just be me just saying hey man thank you for creating what you've created i appreciate it yo kid cuddy has influence i'd say like as a rapper um i'd say like he easily like one of like the top three rap influences on me as a person um not to mention like musically like for sure um and clearly for travis scott too because that's the reason like his name is travis scott did you know that no, that's that's the reason yeah, why. Because wow, yeah, because Kid Cudi's first uh, real name first is Scott Muscati, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah and so yeah. Uh, I saw an interview recently that he's—I don't know if it was a recent interview, but I saw it recently that Travis Scott picked his name because Travis was his uncle's uh, name, and he was a hero of his. And then Scott is because of Scott Muscati, who Kid Cudi was a hero of his. So he kind of like made this alter ego name based on two heroes of his. So. That makes perfect sense because Kid Cudi is yeah. like, from an analogy, it's kind of like Kid Cudi's like, you know, he's like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Yeah. And then Travis yeah. Scott, you're Jordan. You know, he's like, yep. he came exactly. in, he's looking up to you and he's like, okay, I'm going to take what you do and I'm going to be great. I'm going to be just as yes. great. Yes. Yep. And I think that would, that's what draws me to towards Travis Scott because I can hear, I can hear hints of just like, you can no, you can not just hands, but you can hear so much of the, of the um, yeah, just the influence. I actually have a playlist called Cuddy Vibes, and I have three. I have three Kid Cuddy playlists, and the one called Cuddy okay. Vibes is actually Travis Scott and Kid Cuddy only. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can send it to now, you. You're you're about to love that album that they have together, the Scots. Yeah, man. So yeah, how how's this playlist looking so far? All right, I, let's you gotta actually work out to this and let me know what you think about it too. Oh, I'm, I'm going to today. Yeah, I'm gonna work out to it. Okay. So we got Dangerous, Heartless, Really Got It, Bricks, Rough Riders Anthem, Pills and Automobiles, Monster, A Sweeter Place. And we are at 31 minutes, halfway. I like 31 it. One minutes. Okay, let's go. You wanna keep going? I want I wanna keep going. I wanna get 60 minutes. Let's do it. Let's get the full 60 minutes. 
Uh, I've never actually done this with somebody too. Like this is cool. Like sit, some, sit with somebody and I actually create a playlist together, co-create. Um, so a sweeter place. After that, let's go back. Let's go back. Pick up some some uh, hip hop with like a an oldie but a goodie. So let's find. Let's find. Let's throw some. We got some DMX already. Some Busta Rhymes. How about some? Uh, you like Nelly? Oh, I love Nelly. Nelly's got hits. Okay. Okay. So let's get something, something Nelly. I'm thinking off the top of my head. Um, either shake your tail feather, or um, yeah, I'm thinking. Ooh, actually, Air Force Ones is looking good. Okay, Air Force Ones. It is. Let's do Air Force Ones. Do you own Air Force Ones, or have you ever? I, uh, I own a pair that my brother gifted to me. Yeah, for Christmas. What what color are they? Just clean white, all white. Man, I want those. I want. I want. I want a pair. I've never had. I've never had Air Force Ones. Really? Never. What kind of? What kind would you get? Would you get like? all white clean ones or would you get like a kind of a custom color? Mm, I would want to go black and red. Black and red. Ooh, black forces. Yeah. That's like, it's so funny watching like the, the internet and Instagram. Cause I had no knowledge of this before, but apparently the, the opinion of, of like Instagram is like anyone who rocks black forces is someone not to be trifled with. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen those memes? No, I didn't know that. It's like it's like basically like you hear this you if you hear somebody rocks black forces it's like oh snap like turn go the other way because they'll they'll like there's so much like it's just kind of like, it's kind of like the same stereotype about like all new all New York people rock Tims it's right like, right if if, so, if someone if a dude's rocking black forces it's like you don't mess with that dude <laughs> you know so it's Definitely. like it's like half of them yeah it's like a a, a, a respectful kind of almost fear of of that but i think it's just like funny because i remember seeing those those memes and i'm like that's so funny that people and i always read the comments and people are like yo this is so true like every and i'm like i've never experienced that or seen that but it's so funny that that's a thing but okay so we got we got uh so what would you do like black forces with like the red check you said yeah yep yep i would like the ones to be honest with you the ones that jordan wore like the the Air Jordan, the very first Air Jordans. Okay. I don't know if those are gotcha. Nike Air Force Ones. I don't know if that's the same thing. Yeah. I could be wrong. But right. the very first Jordan shoe he had that was black and red. Psh, I would have loved. I would have loved. I would love to wear those. I don't know how he played basketball on those. To be honest with you, really. Yeah. So that's, I think the same thing when I see about you know people actually played basketball wearing chucks. I'm like, what? Yeah. How do, like, how, how do you play basketball? How do you? How do you know that? Answer. I'm like. Yeah, that makes me think like if you were to go back in time and give some of those guys like the new like Curry whatever's or like the the Kobe whatever's, they'd be um, like they'd be like even more beastly or whatever. But they, anyway, if they were hooping in Kobe's, they would lose their mind. That, that the Kobe basketball <laughs> shoe is that's my right. workout shoe. The Kobe basketball shoe right. is so comfortable. I will buy those shoes right. forever. 
Yes, you could wear those as just like a casual. Uh, if you're working out, I wear them every single day. I wear my Kobe's every day. Really? Oh yeah. That's crazy. So how I am and growing up, always been this way. I've never really gravitated towards. Like I didn't grow up. Like I didn't. I didn't really care to. I think I'm sure part of the reason I didn't like watch sports. Um, but like, I never really like watched sports. I played sports, but I didn't really like watch sports. I wasn't like, I was more into like fiction and like things that like weren't real, like more things of like fantastical, you know, worlds than like watching, you know, sports. But, um, I like part of the reason why like, I never like was, I never like wanted or, or, uh, cared too much, like wear like the latest new shoes or whatever that were from like, uh, you know, Nike or Jordan's. I always found that like so fascinating though. I, what I what I was more drawn to was like rocking like skater shoes, which was funny because I was like a wannabe skater. I couldn't even do an ollie, like the base, most basic simple trick that you can do as a skater. But I loved the kind of style and the aesthetic and the energy from like skaters, like stuff like that punk rebel kind of, you know, just um, yeah, that that rebellious energy that I got from that. So I like. So this day, like I'll rock Vans, I'll rock Chucks. I keep it simple, minimalist, and like, you know, that kind of way. But, I love Vans. Yeah. I love Vans. Yeah, Vans are comfortable. Vans are comfortable. I'll, I'll wear those not even just to, for every day. I'll, I'll, I'll work out on them too because they have like the flat soles, like flat enough soles that you can pretty much, they're good for like squats and stuff. So, yeah. So you got the Air Force Ones in there on the playlist. Yep, I got Air Force One. Next, so. let's throw. Uh, I might, I might throw a little, little, little more EDM at you. Okay. Um, here's one that you like. It's got. I'm making sure to throw in some that's got like good hip hop influence to it. Um, but uh, oh, actually, you'll like this is good. So this is a group you might not have heard about, but they're actually one of my favorite um groups. And song when I discovered them, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Um, they're it's called Sleigh Bells. Okay. Sleigh Bells, like like a sleigh, like uh, you know Santa Claus, and then mm-hmm. bells. The song that I'll have you put um, is gonna be. Let me see. Let's see. It's a. Uh, Where is I think I'm thinking Crown on the Ground. Actually, no, that's not the one. Um, which one is it? Oh, there it is. Kids. Let's do Kids by Sleigh Bells. Okay. Kids. Yeah. Kids. Got it. Kids by Sleigh Bells. Okay, and it's different. You're gonna hear that, and you might be like, "What? What's this?" But sleigh bells. What I like about sleigh bells is that they are—they are the first. Actually, I think they were ahead of their time. Actually, they're the first. It's the first time when I heard sleigh bells. Um, and actually, it's funny because I was actually—they were actually supposed to do a concert this, either this month or last. Um, but it, you know, it got canceled. Everything happening, but. Uh, I was so excited to see them because um, when I heard Sleigh Bells uh, and the album, first I heard them was the album 
that I that includes the song that I just gave you. It was the first time I'd ever heard somebody blend like rock influences with like like uh, an EDM or like a noise type sound, but then you could also hear like the like the inspiration from hip hop in there too. Um, and it was a cool, I'm somebody who's always been like fascinated with like remixes and like different takes on sounds that I already enjoy. And so hearing that, like it just blew my mind discovering that, but I think you might like that. Okay. I got it on there. I'm going to check it out. Sounds like a cool, cool fusion. I heard the little, the little two seconds you played and I'm like, oh, Uh okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. That's got like a, that's a good song too. So. Um, the next one I'll do is, uh, let's do hip hop. How about some Don Tolliver? You like him? I don't, I don't really know him that well. I know his name, really? obviously popular, but okay. I, don't, I haven't really listened to him too much. We'll save him for later then. We'll put some Don Tolliver later. Oh, I, let's we can throw put in on. some, we can put it on. No, we'll, we'll put it in, but just like, we'll just, uh, we'll put something a little more familiar okay. in there right now. Let's throw some. Um, what's a good recent song, hip hop song? That's uh, ooh, I think uh, maybe not even that recent, but it doesn't have to be recent. But we could. You said you like Travis Scott. Let's throw some Travis Scott up in there. You know what? I'm gonna pick right. I'm gonna pick "Hot Remix" by Young Thug featuring Travis Scott. Have you heard that? Nope. Okay, you're gonna like it though. You're gonna like it. Okay. Do you like? Do you listen to Young Thug? I like Young Thug. He's, he's, he's good. Hot remix. Okay, you'll like this song. I'm so surprised. That's crazy. You haven't heard this song, man. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Okay. It's gonna come in right at the right time in the, at the in the workout too. It's gonna give you like that second win. Um. So after hot, let's go with uh. Let's get like a. Let's see. Let's throw another pop song. Uh, this time I'm gonna throw in some. It could be. Ooh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, so, have you? I don't know if you ever. Do you ever listen to like Nick Jonas? I've actually seen the show that he's on, uh, The Voice, and I've watched him coach people, and I didn't know who he was. I I had never heard of the Jonas Brothers. And, right. and so my my partner, she was watching the show. So I'm like, okay, what is this? She's like, oh, it's the voice. And you know, he, you know, these people are judging. So there's like Blake right. Shelton, like Kelly Clarkson, and Nick Jonas. So uh, he starts singing because he was coaching one mm-hmm. of the people. And I just, right. I'm like, this dude is incredible. Like his voice He's, is amazing. Yo, his voice, his voice. See that? His voice. Nick is Jonas incredible. is one of those dudes who I would hear him being played in the. Like a lot by this one uh, instructor whose classes I would take. And I'm like, why is he always playing like this? But then, like, it actually made me realize, yo, Nick Jonas is is the truth. Like, I haven't and I haven't really, I never really listened to the Jonas Brothers before Nick Jonas separated from them. But I love Nick Jonas as like I, I kind of, I would compare him to like a modern day, like, um, like if you like Justin Timberlake, then you'll like Nick Nick Jonas. Yeah. Wow, okay. He's, I definitely, I yeah. definitely want to get. Listen, because when I heard him sing on the yeah. TV show, I mean, that wasn't even studio production. That was just him singing yeah. in front right. of a TV camera. Him singing, you know? yeah. 
But and I was like his energy. Like, yeah. He's um he's great. So I'm gonna throw in some I'm gonna throw in some some Nick Jonas in there. Um let's see, do I wanna put in numb? I think I'm gonna throw in numb. Yeah. Numb by Nick Jonas. Okay. Uh got it. Got it. Uh that's a good one. And then after that, we'll go back to hip hop. Let's put in some uh let's see. Let's throw in some something uh old school. How about ooh, ooh. Gotta throw in some I mean before this place is over, I gotta throw in some Kanye just because we're both Chicago. So, so why don't we put some some Kanye Otis? Oh, okay, okay. With Jay Z, that's one that people forget about. They forget about that one. Okay. So right now we are at fifty-one minutes. I think two, okay. two or three more songs will bring us home. So the next one we're going to throw in is going to be, let's see, let's see, ooh, I know, we can get some, this is, I know that you're, you're new to the, to the EDM world, but I'm going to, here's, I'm going to throw in another little uh, EDM vibe I think you might like. Love it. That's what I love about music too, is that it has a power, I was literally just talking about this the other day. <clears throat> With a friend about how music has the power and the ability to, if to if you like something, if you like the ingredients of one song, then the, there's another song that at first glance might seem completely unrelated, or the genre might seem unrelated. But there's if it shares enough of the same ingredients, it can be that song can actually be a bridge for to you for other genres, for you to explore other sounds that you normally wouldn't like. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one I'm going to do, ooh, definitely Skrillex. Can't have a playlist and not put in some Skrillex. Um, I'm going to pick for you Bangarang. That's it. That's the one. Perfect. That's I know playlist. that one. Yeah. It's just like the way that song starts, whew, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, so we got Otis, we got Bangarang. Um, we got like room for one or two more, or two more songs, I think. Two more. So I think the next one's next one's gonna be hip hop. Now it's gonna be Travis Scott. Travis. Oh no, actually no, we did Travis Scott already. And uh, now we're gonna throw in some. Um, just throw in some Don Tolliver. Just because he's something new, just to kind of introduce you to him a little bit. Um, have you heard of St. John, by the way? Oh, my God. I love St. John. Okay. I thought so. I figured you would. I figured you would. If you like Travis Scott, chances are you're going to know and love St. John. Let's throw some St. John in there. St. John. Uh, let's throw – let's see. Which one was one of my favorite – Songs of his. That whole album. That whole album. Yeah, that <laughs> you mean his, his newest one? Well, you got he's got collection one and ghetto Lenny's love songs. I mean, they they're both good. 
Uh, let's pick Trap by St. John. Okay. Actually, anything can happen. Let's go with anything can happen. Anything can happen, okay. Anything can happen, St. John. And then last but not least, we're going to bring it in uh, with some another pop hit. So this one will be, um, let's see, put some Bieber. Can't go wrong with Bieber, man. Can't go wrong with Bieber. Can't go wrong with Bieber. Um, it's going to be off his Purpose album because that's his best one, in my opinion. It's um, one of the best albums ever made in human history. Yeah. Yo, yo. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, let's go with... Uh, let's go with... Where Are You Now? I like that. Oh, but they don't have it on Apple Music. They do. Music. It's just that... Oh, on Apple Music, you said... Yeah. Oh, Tra- here it is. Tra- it's, spelled, it's spelled weird. Yeah, it's spelled like yeah. you from Jack U. Yeah. Yep, I have it. Because he's got uh, Diplo and Skrillex on that one. Yep, yep. Okay. So actually, Skrillex makes two appearances on this playlist, which I'm not made at because he's one of my favorite artists. So it's exactly one hour and one minute. That's good. Oh, this is perfect. This is nice. This is perfect. I feel like I, I'm going to reach a new level, like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Like upgrading my Yo, power level on this playlist. I'm so glad. First of all, you brought up Dragon Ball Z and that you're you're into it because if you look at one of my recent videos on my Instagram, I actually it's a it's of me working out in my living room, and I literally have on my big screen TV like Dragon Ball Z playing. Like I, I looked up the YouTube motivation on my on my TV, and I uh, I'm just, it's just you should just see footage in the background playing of like. You know, Goku doing squats and sit-ups and like he's training and I'm like, I'm doing my workout and I can see that. I'm like, dang, that's motivation, you know? Man, them working out is motivation. Absolutely. It is. And then hyperbolic time chamber. I mean, come on. I made a post about that too. One of my recent posts was about the whole post is about the hyperbolic time chamber. So let's talk about as a fitness professional. I mean, well, first of all, I'm I'm thankful for you making this playlist with me uh it's something that that was fun it was legit it was so fun i might actually the funny thing is i might actually do this with people in the future just to kind of like connect and reach out and be like hey let's make a playlist together and that's such that's such a cool thing i'm glad you you did that with me so this playlist i'm gonna get i'm gonna get going on that today um what i want to know is Let's just be honest. America is in a place where the obesity is a big deal. All right. It's it's a problem. It's very possible that someone listening to the Free Energy podcast has been dealing with uh, obesity. Maybe they want to they want to lose weight. They want to they want to get stronger. They want to get more in shape. And that's maybe that's how they can free themselves. So I want to talk to you about kind of what what you eat, your 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 routine with what you're eating and you know, just food. You know, I love food. Right. <laughs> love food. My dad yeah, was a chef. Absolutely. I grew up loving food. I mean, I watch chef shows. Like, I'll put a chef show on on YouTube while I'm working on my book. Like, and I'll just have like they'll be in the background, just like making a pan seared salmon or like filet mignon. And here I am working on my book. Right. Like, I literally love food. So, 
Right. As a fitness professional, man, tell us tell us about food. You know, what what should we be eating just from your perspective, you know, sharing sharing right. your journey? That's a great question. Um so I first want to just acknowledge and address the fact that like you're absolutely right. Like there's um there's an epidemic um in America and like even you know, past just America, just like around the world of um there being uh, but yeah, specifically talking about America, like there, yeah, there's an obesity epidemic of, you know, and there's uh, unprecedented, you know, cases of, of people just, you know, losing their lives left and right because of preventable causes that could be simply changed or prevented by just like, um, you know, a healthier diet or a... Um, or getting a little more physical activity. That being said, I I also want to acknowledge the fact that like, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not here. My, my, my philosophy around, around that is that is not that like, I want to provide solutions for and help to people who uh, towards what they want uh, to become, you know, to live their best life. Right. So, um, I would, I'm not, the, I would never tell somebody like you should do this or like you should, I don't believe in like shooting on people, <laughs> you know, like telling people, Hey, like what to do with their own life. Like I'm a man, I know what I want for my life. I'm going to do what I want, uh, for my life. Uh, and it's out of my place to tell another man or woman or, or person to like what they should do. So, and I just want to preface that because I think that we're, while we're also facing that time in America, in the world that you said, we're also facing a time where there's, um, there's a lot of, um, just because of like things being wrongly handled in media and society in the past, uh, there's been a, uh, you know, there, there is a, a, there's a big kind of self-acceptance movement that is about kind of accepting yourself just as you are. And I want to, you know, if there are people who might be listening to this that are, you know, you know, quote unquote overweight, and I'm not telling them that like you're any, you're, they're any less or that they, they are not good enough as they are because they, that's not, that's not the case. I have friends who, I have friends who are overweight. I have friends who are, you know, the epitome of, of, you know, being, you know, athletes, I have friends who, um, you know, eat pizza and burgers all the time. Um, and I have friends who, in, 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 I have friends who just like, uh, eat kale and <laughs> salads and, you know, or do keto or some crazy thing all the time. So what I'm saying basically is like to each their own, uh, I'm not, the, I'm not the person who's telling people like what to do, but what, what I do know is that the vast majority of people, they do want to, I would say they do want to eat healthier. They do want to free their energy. They want to feel their best. They want to move better. They want to, to live pain-free and free of, of disease. And um, that's who I am. Those are the people that I'm, I'm here to help because that's what I, I believe in as well. So what I would tell those people who want to do that is first and foremost, um, think long-term. And I don't just mean think long-term is like, oh, make choices that long-term are going to benefit you. That can be applied to anything. I mean, 
long-term as in think, long-term as in what is, what is a way of eating uh, nutritionally that you are going to enjoy and be able to maintain long-term? Because if what you're trying to do now isn't enjoyable for you and it's not sustainable, there's really no point in doing it because you're going to burn out eventually. You're going to fall on your, on your ass and, and then you're going to blame yourself and feel shame and guilt for like not succeeding. When in reality, that's like me, that's like me, um, you know, carrying a, like a hornet's nest and like being mad at myself when I eventually drop it because I, you know, like, why couldn't I hold on to it a little bit longer? Uh, well, maybe because you had a hornet, you were carrying on to a hornet's nest full of angry hornets that were stinging you and it was painful. It wasn't enjoyable and you had no reason to want to continue that, <laughs> you know? So when people carry these habits that they think that they should do, that's a, I think that's a perfect analogy because I think that they should just drop that thing. And then instead of that, pick up something that is going to be enjoyable and be sustainable. Now that doesn't mean that like, you know, they, that doesn't mean that you should like just, oh, well, I enjoy, uh, you know, I enjoy pizza and fried chicken all the time. Why don't I just start with that? Well, no, you want to, you want to push your limits of, you know, what is the healthiest for you and what is the most uh, nutritionally um, beneficial for you while still living within the realm of what you enjoy, right? And you want to make that kind of food 80% of your diet, I would say. 80% of what you're eating comes from that. And then the other 20% can be like all the other stuff that like are treats that like may not, you know, be necessarily the healthiest for you, but hey, you know, we're human and we don't only look to food for to fuel us and for an energy source. We also look to it to, for, to enjoy because it's a part of life and where life is meant to be enjoyed, you know? So that's what I would say like is the first first and foremost is is that, you know, try, if you're looking for like a, you know, wondering about what should I eat? There's a million opinions out there of like, hey, don't eat that. Do eat this. And everybody loves to like treat their own diet like a religion. Like, oh, this is the one way. When in reality, there are a million, millions upon millions of different ways to, to, to eat. And none of those are geared towards your individual preferences, your individual needs, your individual allergies or, you know, intolerances, you know, or your, what's your individual, you know, um, category of like what's available to you. So just baby steps and you know, thinking long-term and thinking sustainability and enjoyability over just like what I should be doing. If that makes sense. Oh, that makes per that makes perfect sense. So people are listening to the podcast because they're very specific people. They're going to be very appreciative of what you said. And they're still going to want me to ask you what you eat specifically. <laughs> yeah. Still, oh, I completely, want that. I completely yep. dodged that, didn't I? Yeah. So yep. that should probably <laughs> give you some insight. So a clue into as to like what I eat personally. So as I'm talking to you right now, I'm looking across my kitchen table at a um a bag and a box of like some Korean fried chicken that I ordered. Um and then also like a box of, you know, uh pizza that I had not so long ago as well. Um just because they're they're in like my recycling box that like I'm you know, I like to recycle, I don't just want to trash trying to be like uh eco-friendly and green you know but um yeah but those are two things that i enjoy i enjoy i like fried chicken i like pizza um 
pepperoni pizza is amazing. Now, am I going to eat those two things all of the time, nonstop, every day, all day? No. Um, but I will allow my base and my 80% of what I eat, I try and I, um, I aim to eat, you know, lean protein, vegetables, um, um, you know, carbs, complex carbs like brown rice or potatoes or um, your sweet potatoes, quinoa, um, great sources of carbohydrates that are going to like last long term and not cause you to crash. Uh, they're the opposite of, of simple carbohydrates, which are the kind that, you know, you eat them and you immediately either you either they keep you feeling hungry or you crash afterward. You know, like if you eat, if you eat like a ton of fruit, fruit's good for you. But like if you eat like, you know, a bunch of apples, it's a lot of sugar in there. You know, it's a simple carbohydrate um, and you're going to feel like you're going to probably crash from like having a spike of you know, sugar in your system and then, you know, crashing afterward. Um, candy is another simple carbohydrate, you know, it's something that, you know, you eat that you're gonna have a spike and have like a sugar high and then like, you're gonna crash. So, um, this podcast called free your energy. Uh, so your energy is not being freed at all. If you're kind of putting in that roller coaster of like highs and lows and like, you know, not being sustainable. But if you have foods like, you know, if you have, eat in a way that allows you to eat, feel, and function uh, at your best, then that's what I believe in, in doing, you know? Are you a meal prep guy? Are you an intermittent fasting guy? Do you do breakfast? Do you do coffee? Um, so it's so that's a good question. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you kind of because I didn't answer fully like what I eat. So I, some foods, let me give you an example, like foods that I like to enjoy that I, for example, this week I have in my fridge some, some, um, wild caught salmon. I got whole foods. I got some like chicken tenders. I had some broccoli. Um, and I have some potatoes, some, uh, russet potatoes. So I'll prep those and make it so that I can for lunch or dinner, um, you know, go in the fridge and just pull that, pull that out put in the microwave and just have some, have a nice, healthy, balanced meal, you know? Uh, also for my breakfast currently, um, I've been loving getting back into one thing that this whole quarantine has helped me get back into is the rhythm of like meal prepping, but then also me appreciating like a simple breakfast in the morning. That's just nutrient dense and easy to make. What, what I've been doing recently has been, um, uh, doing overnight oats, which I I've done before, but I, I kind of like got back in the flow of doing Overnight oats are simply, if you're not, for those who aren't familiar, it's just a way of, I take a jar, like a mason jar, and I just put in some, the way that I do mine is I put like, I put in the, you know, quarter cup of uh, steel cut oats. I put in some chia seeds, two tablespoons, two tablespoons of hemp hearts, two tablespoons of um, uh, PB2 powder. I put in some, a scoop of protein powder, and then I put in... Uh, that's it. That's the dry mix. So I, I mix it up, shake it up. And then I put in some oat milk. I had been using almond milk before then, but, um, then I had heard that it was kind of, it, it used a process that wasn't necessarily the best for the environment by just using it like a bunch of water requiring a lot of water for the process. So now I use oat milk, which is more environmentally friendly, uh, and lactose free because I think for myself and a lot of people out there, there's, you know, we have like a little bit of lactose intolerance. 
So I don't, I don't avoid it completely cheese or lactose, but I try to minimize it when possible. And one way I do it is by using oat milk uh, instead of regular milk. But um, so I'll shake that up and then I'll let, let it literally just let it sit overnight. And when I wake up in the morning, I pull it out. The, I can pull it out the fridge, uh, sprinkle some blueberries in there for antioxidants. And voila, it's a healthy, very nutrient dense breakfast that has a bunch of it's got a lot, ton of fiber. It's got antioxidants. It's got protein. It's got, you know, complex carbs that are going to keep me with like long sustained energy throughout the rest of the day. And it tastes good. It tastes amazing. Doesn't need, I don't need to put any extra sugar or anything in there because the protein powder I use is sweet. It's birthday cake, cake flavored. Um, yeah. I like that. So I'm going to actually that's an do example. overnight oats tonight. I'm going to make it for tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, all and if you want to... No, I was, no, was going to say all the stuff you have... I have. So yeah. yeah. Do you have, yeah, do you have where, where we can like see that recipe or, or anything like that? Absolutely. I was just about to say that I have uh, on my Instagram, if you look at my highlights, there's one called overnight oats and I take you step by step and how to, how I make mine. And, um, even some kind of like, uh, posts or reposts from other people who tried out the recipe and they're like, Oh yeah, I love, like I tried it. I heard it from Chase. I loved it. So check it out on my, on my story highlights. And what I love about it more than anything else is that it's customizable too. So if you're like, if there's something else that you want to throw in the mix, like you mix in some cinnamon, you know, make it more, add some flavor. You can throw in some, if you don't want, if you want flax seeds instead of chia seeds or hemp, whatever, you can just like modify and make it your own. But what I would recommend is um, doing what I, when I kind of first started making those is I would take the ingredients and I would put them together on, on uh, my fitness pal. So uh, so I would know what each portion looked like nutritionally. And then you can kind of use that to kind of gauge and modify and like, okay, not only so that you're knowing like, okay, how much protein or how much, you know, whatever is in this meal, but then you can know how to like balance out the rest of your day a little bit more knowing how much, you know, protein, carbs, fat is, is in there for you. So, yeah. I'm not saying you should log it every time you enjoy it, but I'm saying like, It'll, it'll help give you an idea of like what you're making for yourself every time. But I, I've changed. It's uh, mine has evolved too. I started out doing um, overnight oats and then I turned it into a shake at one point and I blended it with a smoothie. And I was like, ah, you know what? That actually takes too long. I don't want to have to like pull out a blender and clean it every time. So I'm just going like, to use overnight oats. Um, make it easy. <laughs> make it easy. Make and basically, see, as such that like you can basically, depending on how much oat milk, I put in there, it just, it drinks like a shake anyway that I just get to chew a little bit on. So it's, yeah. So for you, your game plan is pretty much you're doing your overnight oats uh, and then you, you basically meal prep lunch and your dinner. Is that pretty much what I'm hearing? Yeah, recently, what I like about the overnight oats is that I can either have them as a standalone breakfast or I can have them in addition to something else. So today I haven't had breakfast yet. So uh, I have been intermittent fasting. I had like a green drink earlier where I mixed in some green powder with some water and just chugged that just because I haven't really been getting my, you know, eating a lot of greens lately. And so, um, I like to get in my greens either, you know, through that, through my diet and what I'm eating if I can, but if not, or to supplement that, I'll get, I'll use a green drink, which is a great way. If you're, if you're somebody who like hates eating vegetables or like, it's hard for you to get them in. It's a super simple way to do it. Basically take a drink of that. And it's your whole day's worth of greens in just like one sip. Um, it's great. So 
But so that's what I've had today so far is just like that green drink. But um, later for breakfast, uh, what I usually have been doing with my breakfast, if I don't have a, the overnight oats by themselves, I'll have the, I'll, I've been making like a, uh, a breakfast burrito, or like a breakfast sandwich by using, uh, cutting up like a, uh, a breakfast sausage lengthwise. I'll do two of those, like a, it'll be like about six inches and I'll have two six inch, you know, sausages. It might be chicken and apple sausage. It might be andouille sausage, turkey sausage, whatever it might be. But I cut it lengthwise down the middle. So it's like opens like two halves. And I like grill that on the stove for a little bit on both sides. And then I'll take each of them and make like either a breakfast sandwich or burrito with it by making, um, putting in, making some scrambled eggs with it, with some cheese sprinkled on it. Um, I like personally what I like to do. Not everybody's like this, but I got this from my dad. Uh, I love sweet and savory, so I'll put like on if I'm making a sandwich on like a lower piece of toast, I'll put some like jelly or some some jam, um, a little bit, and then like on the top piece, I'll put like on the all the ingredients like the, the sausage, the eggs, um, and then on the top piece, I'll put some hot sauce, so it's like sweet and savory, and it's. I'll have that and then I'll have the overnight oats with it. Okay. I'm going to have to try that because I've done the jam, you know, I put the jam on there, but putting the hot sauce on the top, I, I want to taste that contrast. I want to see, I want to see what that oh, feels like. It's going to change your world. You're going to hear me like, how have I never done? I, I remember as a kid looking at my dad, like, what are you doing? It looks so gross. What uh-huh. are you actually doing? And my, especially because my dad's like the chef of our family. He's the king of like, mixing and remixing and putting these different combinations together in weird ways but then i actually tried and i was like dang okay right you're like okay all right all right okay okay. exactly and right now you're you don't count your calories now you you're just very you do count you don't i don't count them no so but that's for me i have a pretty good just from like having counted calories in the past and from, you know, my goals currently being what they are, like my, it doesn't require that I count calories. So I have, I'm, I'm basically able to, to like kind of eyeball and understand like, Hmm, I should probably eat a little bit more protein today so that I don't like, you know, start losing muscle mass or like, Hmm, I should probably get like, a, I can probably eat a little bit more carbs for dessert since I didn't have a lot earlier today. And like, you know, I, I have like a pretty good kitchen IQ is what I've heard call, it called where you can kind of like eyeball and just know. But yeah, you have like a very intuitive. You're very intuitive. Right. And- very, I, I eat intuitively because, because of the fact that in the past I had done that kind of um, calorie counting. So, yeah. I think the intuitive look, as long as you are honest with yourself, right. I feel right. like that is, you know, you were talking about being long-term and longevity. I feel like if you take more intuitive approach, that help, that is what is sustainable. Um, yeah, counting yeah. calories, I don't think it's sustainable. I think it's a good practice. Not though. at all. Not I at think all. it's a good practice because then you learn what you're eating. You learn what you're consuming. Exactly. You start learning the di- the difference in the macronutrients, and like you can look at your salmon and say, okay, this six ounces of salmon, it's going to give me eighteen grams of fat. It's going to give me twenty two grams of protein, you know. And it's like you can just really calculate how a meal looks. Like even if 
okay, someone gives you this honey bun. Well, look, your asparagus and a cup of rice and your uh, salmon is going to be the same calories as your honey bun. So now it's like when you get that information, now you're you're able to make you you can genuinely free your energy because now you can make a choice. It's like, well, well, damn. Okay, maybe I do still want the honey bun, but maybe I only want half of it right now. Maybe I'll eat the other half later. Or you know, some people you'll just only eat the honey bun and you won't get you know the good nutrition from you know the 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 brown rice and say you know your leafy vegetable and your salmon. It's like once yeah. you get the I feel like you're equipped for making better choices for yourself. Exactly. So calorie counting. I would would kind of use the analogy of like calorie counting is like training wheels um, in that it allows you to, you know, just learn kind of as far as as it goes for like intuitive eating. There are now the only, I would say like the only times that you need to like calorie count are a, if you are like an athlete in, or like a bodybuilder or something like that, and you actually have to be as specific as possible. Uh, and even then there's going to be like a little bit of, you know, um, margin for error. But um, either that or if you're somebody who is striving towards learning how to eat more intuitively, but you're not doing it in like an obsessive way, like, ooh, I ate too much over like, ooh, ooh, you know, it's like mm-hmm. – um, yeah, those are the two situations where I would I would say like they're that calorie counting is best used. Let me ask you this, and this is for my own personal journey because right. it's something that um I can't say that I have a definitive answer, a yes or no for my own self. So I'm curious right. to just get your opinion. Do you eat because you're used to eating, you know, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Um, or do you eat when you get hungry? And just to give you a little context, like right now it's, you know, 12, 10 p.m. I haven't I haven't had anything yet. I, I woke up at about seven. I've literally only been drinking water um, yesterday. I really wasn't that hungry yesterday. So I had one meal yesterday, uh, which I don't typically do one meal a day, but I literally only had one meal yesterday. Um, I did work out yesterday. I do plan to work out today. Um, yeah. I typically do intermittent fasting. I'll probably eat around 12, usually 11, 12. Um, But also like sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be really hungry and I'll eat breakfast at nine. So what I've been trying to figure out within my own self is like, what really is the best? Do you just eat because you need to get in the habit of eating at certain times to just regulate, you know, your sugar and your nutrition? Or is there value in just saying, well, shit, I'm not hungry, so I'm just not going to eat? Like, what do, what do you yeah. think about That's a great question. Um, I'll start by telling you what I do, and then I'll tell you what I feel like the majority of people should do or what I feel like they would benefit most from. What I do personally is um, because I have such – because I have knowledge around nutrition about how and how it affects the body and, like, how hormones, um, you know – Understanding that like when I, when my body's like, for example, my stomach is grumbled, but I don't feel ravenous or hungry because even though I haven't eaten today yet and it's 3, 12 PM here in New York city, I have been drinking water. I had my green drink. Um, and I'm not, I'm not ravenous. I can, I could probably go, if I wanted to, I'd probably go a couple more hours without eating, but I, I will eat just because, um, practically just practicality wise, it's going to be easy. It's easier to 
get in more meals and um, rather than just kind of like put it off and just you have one big meal. But I could do that if I wanted to. But um, it would also, if I had one big meal, it would be harder to get in more calories. Um, and I know that I, you know, I want to, I'm trying to hit a certain calorie uh, threshold. So, um, so that's what I do. I use intermittent fasting, which is just, uh, it's not a, it's a, like, you know, it's not a diet. It's just a way of timing your meals. So I use a combination of, you know, some days I might intermittent fast and that, intermittent fasting is, I think it allows you to be more versatile because some days you aren't able to eat. You just have to like wake up and go. And I think that being able to use intermittent fasting as that way of like, okay, I just won't eat until, you know, this time. And then I'll, I'll eat after that. That can be a cool tool for some people. For some people, you know, maybe they get too ravenous. Maybe they get to, they try that, but then they, they, they get too hungry and they get so hungry to the point that they like binge on something and then, or they eat a lot of food and they like, they feel guilty about like, Oh, I shouldn't have binged like that. Like not to get back on track. No, you just were hungry and you gave your body some food and you didn't binge. You just ate a lot more than you're used to at once because you went longer than you're used to without food. <laughs> so I think a lot of that has to do with like reframing how people look at their responses to food and um, yeah, but what I would recommend for the average person is, try i would say just try try intermittent fasting uh not just as something that you know you know it's kind of like going against what i said earlier which is like you know don't do anything until unless you can you know you plan on doing it forever but i think intermittent fasting is valuable to try simply because it's not it's not a diet first of all it's just a it's just a way to manage to time your your nutritional intake um and at some point or another, we're all going to be in a position in our lives where we have to go an extended length of period without time. I don't care if you're like, you, maybe you, you know, you're in a situation where you have to, your flight is, you know, canceled, and you have to wait a little bit longer, and then you're like, you know, you're caught on a plane or something, or you're traveling, whatever's happening, you're going to be in a situation where you have to go a little bit longer without food. And I think that intermittent fasting teaches you that that's okay to go stretches of time without food. Um, and then not only that, but how to, how do you respond after that length of time without food? Um, do you do it in a conscious way of like, okay, let me, I know that I'm going to be hungry and more prone to making kind of decisions that, you know, are more, you know, less than healthy because I'm so hungry. The hungrier I am, the more prone I am to making choices that aren't conducive to my health. Um, you know, so I think that intermittent fasting helps you understand, like, it's okay to be hungry. It's okay to be, you know, because a lot of people, they think that feeling hungry is bad. They think like, oh, I'm starving myself. You're not starving yourself. You're not, unless you go like, you can go a whole 24 hours without food and not be, you know, starving, like the literal sense of like, you know, as in the sense that like people in third world countries are like starving, like you're good, <laughs> you know, um, that's actually a form of fasting too, is people will like eat Monday not eat Tuesday, eat Wednesday, not eat. That's a, that's another form of fasting. Not saying everybody should do that, but some people do that and that works for them. Uh, there, are, there are benefits to fasting, but um, for the average person, I would recommend like they at least try and just get themselves acquainted with fasting just to see what it feels like. And they might find that like, it actually is beneficial to them. Like I, I, uh, if, like if I was in a position where like I was trying to, you know, gain a lot of muscle 
and get a lot of food in, I probably wouldn't intermittent fast because it doesn't give me enough time in the day to eat as much food as I need. Uh, unless I got those calories from like, you know, foods that were like high calorie, but not as nutrient dense. But um, yeah, for me, I like, I like intermittent fasting because I'm actually more focused. I noticed for myself that if I eat breakfast first thing in the day and then I, I do work, I'm not as focused. I'm not as clear headed. Uh, and I don't have as much energy, but if I go without food and I wake up, I have like maybe some, you know, whether it be some coffee, which I don't, I really have. If I have like, um, you know, my green drink or I have to drink some water, um, and I, you know, I get to work, I'm focused, I'm good, I'm clear headed and I don't feel like lethargic. Um, so intermittent fasting helps me. In that way, uh, some days at my job, it doesn't make sense for me to intermittent fast because I know, like, okay, I got to eat now because I won't have time later in the day. Like, this day isn't conducive for intermittent fasting, so I just, I'm going to have to break that kind of chain and just, like, uh, I'm going to have to eat now uh, so I have energy for this thing that's coming up and then, you know, go about my rest of my day. So. It just intermittent fasting. I think so. It's a tool that allows people to be more flexible, and can potentially help your productivity. I think at the end of the day. Powerful man, powerful. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try your overnight oats. Yeah, uh, I currently do intermittent fasting. I think I I totally align with you. If I if I eat right away, it, it's hard for me to then get to work or even to like get a workout. I just, I don't feel like doing anything after I eat. I really just yeah. want to sit and let my food digest for at least like 90 minutes. I just want to like let the food yeah. digest. And then, so I personally, I think that's part of the reason why I don't really try to eat until at least 12. Cause I do like to get a workout in my meditation. Um, I like to clean the house. I like to read. I like to just kind of start my day. And then, uh, you know, right around lunch is, you know, most people take lunch. So I figure that's when I could start eating, especially from like a social aspect. If I'm doing an intermittent fasting and I want to eat with other people, well, the first opportunity is going to be like a lunch break. People usually eat right around 12. So that was like, honestly, that was my logic behind it. So, you know, I would start, I would start eating around 12. And then for me, it's like, I do not like eating. Now, hold on. I'll have to be honest here because this is the free energy podcast. If <laughs> I go out, you know, I go out for a night, you know, I'm getting drinks with friends and stuff like that. Whenever I eat that night, I, I don't care. That's just what it is. You know, you, you get home at two, you're going to eat some tacos or something from, you know, having oh, a for night. Sure. You Definitely. know what I mean? Definitely. But on a regular night, I don't like eating before bed. I don't. I need a couple of hours before because I I drink a lot of water before I go to bed and I drink tea. I drink, I, I drink tea every night. Um, and so for me to be like just full and then try to go to sleep, it, it would be so hard for me. So I, I usually find myself yeah. really between like a window of like 12 and eight, you know, like that, that eight hour window. And that works for me. Yeah, that really works for me. That's good. It sounds like you found what works for you and you can kind of play and experiment with that. That's what I recommend everybody do. They like, I think the vast majority of people just should not, should stop like judging themselves for like doing something that doesn't seem like it's normal or that most people do. And it's like, Hey, if it works for you, if it's not hurting you, then do it. You know? Yeah. Like there are, some, right. there, are, there are people who are, 
as you're saying that, there are some people that say like, who've been telling themselves in their mind, like, you know, oh, like I love eating right before I can, I'm able to eat right before bed and I, I can do that. But, you know, there's, I'm so worried that it's like, it's like bad for me. I mean, there's always, there's a pro and con to everything. There are certain, like there's, if you do eat, eat right before bed, there's like certain hormones that uh, are or are not released, you know, as you sleep. But I mean, for the most, for the, the vast majority of like, you know, for like nutrient timing, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter when you, you eat, you know, as it more matters, like what you eat and not even really on a day-to-day basis, more so like on a week to week basis, what are you eating on, on that week as a whole? What have you been eating on that, you know, for those seven wow, days? I've never, I've never heard anyone uh, look at it like that. You're just yeah. saying week to week basis. I've never heard that. Yeah. What what kind of from what you've learned and experienced, what what kind of makes you say that? So I say that because it's really easy for people to get caught up in like, oh, like this is what I ate today, like for two reasons. One is that people it, it's easy for people to like get caught up into thinking like they've been doing too well or eating too poorly just based on one day. Right? So they'll either eat like They'll go a whole day, like eat like a bunch of like lean meats, you know, good protein salads. Like, oh, I really did really good today. Or they'll be like, oh, I had a, oh my gosh, I, I, I broke my, my, you know, diet and I gave into that thing. Neither of those situations matter, right? Because that's one day out of seven. So, but in both situations, both people are kind of are not taking into account that, you know. Sure, that was Sunday, but what what's going to happen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? It's like the the week as a whole is more is is more indicative of like what your progress is going to look like rather than just like one day or even two days, you know. So, I think that I, I want people to I would like people to think about that more just to kind of a put less pressure on them on like a day to day basis so that they're not as worried because wait. And weight will fluctuate and change on a day-to-day basis on things that have nothing to do with like your food. Um, your your what's available to you on one day might change, you know, from one day to the next. But if your intention is for like, you know what, I'm gonna do. I didn't do as well. I didn't eat as how I'd like to have on Monday, but you know, I have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to make up for that. Let me try to find a way that's gonna consistently allow me to eat better uh, on those days. Uh, I think that's a much more sustainable way of looking at it rather than just like every day looking at it as its own kind of like, you know, gauge of my progress. Cause that, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair for anybody. That's no fair. That's no more fair to, to, to some, for someone to like look at their own, in, their own uh, nutritional intake, no more than it is to say that like, um, like it to, to judge your interaction with like one stranger on one day that you just happen to like walk by on the sidewalk, you know? Um, like if somebody like, or like you saw on the street, like if somebody cuts you off and like you're pissed off in that moment uh, on the street, um, when you're driving, like just cause you're angry in that moment, that means that like you're an angry person. That <laughs> right. Like, like you're angry in general, you know? So yeah, it's, it's like, like, Oh, you're pissed all the time. Right. Uh, not really. Exactly. But now, right. Yeah. But if I, if I were to look at my whole week as a whole and be like, you know what, there were a lot of moments in that week. Then that's something worth looking at, you know, like maybe what, what do I, I, then I have to go deeper and say, like, okay, why am I lashing out? What's inside of me that I'm projecting potentially onto these 
people in these situations because it never really has to do with them. It has more so to do with like me and what's going on in my internal world and in my inner kingdom. So, yeah. Well, a lot of us just learned from you uh, with that, man, because that that's going to give us a more freer energy approach to be totally. really, really the goal is to be what you're saying is to be intuitive, to right. use these tools in a way that helps you be develop an intuitive, sustainable relationship. Right. I totally. dig it, bro. I dig it. Relationship with self. Well, we'll end here. I want to ask you about, since we're talking about, you know, getting specific into counting calories and things of that nature. Uh, do you do that, you know, with, with your fitness? Are you wearing a, like a fitness tracker? Do you track all your workouts? Like what's kind of your relationship with that, you know, um, with tracking your so, workouts? Um, that will always change and evolve for me. But for me in this moment, what it looks like is uh, during quarantine – um, it looks different than what I was doing before. So right now, um, instead of like teaching fitness classes and being active almost every day of the week and, uh, doing workouts outside of that, like I have a Muay Thai practice. I meet with my Muay Thai, uh, uh, coach once a week. Um, his name's Elijah. He's amazing. And I, uh, that's what I usually do now. It looks different. So, um, I don't have the ability to like go in front of a, in a studio in front of a camera and like do a workout <laughs> with a smile on my face, uh, and while, while giving energy to other people, I don't have the ability to go to a Muay Thai, um, training facility and like train my coach right now, but I do have a living room. I don't have a gym, but I have a living room. I don't have like a, you know, a barbell and a squat rack, but I do have a couple kettlebells and I do have some um, minimalist equipment that I've you know, purchased since quarantine started that allow me to get a great workout from the comfort of my own home. Um, so right now I work out three days a week. Um, each workout is uh, full body in the sense of like, I don't, I'm not just hitting just one muscle group. I'm hitting more than you know, one muscle group. I, I like to keep my workouts uh, on the more intense side. So um, I really want to feel like I'm, you know, um, kind of like dipping myself into the fire. I want to feel like my workouts, like, I love the feeling of like doing a workout, like, whew, that kicked my ass. So um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday workouts allows me to do that. And then like rest of the days in between. So I'm fully kind of recovering from the previous days of workout. But then also by the time the next workout comes up, I'm, uh, I'm nice and refreshed and I, I missed the workout by that point. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. And my workouts usually include, um, I sprinkle in elements of Muay Thai training. So I might have some like shadow boxing at the end of it for cardio, or I'll have, uh, I've been, one of my goals, my, my training goals is to learn uh, to do the handstand. I want to be able to do a handstand without a wall, just like freestanding and uh eventually do like handstand push-ups so i've been throwing in like elements of like handstands in my workouts as well how important are goals to you um goals are goals are goals are important goals are very important i mean i think that 
um, it's it's impossible to get where you want to be without without goals, right? So I think that I love I have a love hate relationship though with goals um, because I think that a lot of people what I witness is that a lot of people use them in the wrong way. So some people I think the proper way to set goals is to actually think who do I you know actually sit down pause for a moment and like paint a picture of who you actually want to be in the future, right? Who does that person you know, look like, how do they feel? What do they do on a day-to-day basis? What, what habits have they mastered? What abilities do they have physically that you don't right now? All these questions like paint a picture of someone in the future who is you um, just multiplied by the amount of time that's passed and the amount of time that you've invested in these habits that get you to that person. Um, from that picture that you painted, I love to like reverse engineer and say like, okay, well, if I want to be able to do that by this one at a time, I should probably have this habit that I consistently do. And that's how you create your goals. That's how in my mind you create goals. And that's the best way to do them or the most beneficial way. Um, by asking yourself like, who do I want to be and what's going to get me there in a sustainable way? Um, but not like overdoing it and trying to bite off more than you can choose, like in small baby stuff ways, like saying, okay, if I just do this small thing on a day-to-day basis, it's going to help me get there. So, but in like setting smart goals, of course, everybody knows by now that stands for like, like, um, you know, specific measurable, um, uh, I forget what the A stands for, but realistic and timely or, or time uh, restrained are the other ones. But, um, yeah, so making sure you're setting smart goals that are actually going to, you know, that helps you create goals that are actually going to be real, realistic and helps you kind of um, understand like what, what it's going to take to get to your goals. But the way that I, I see a lot of people, and I even fall into the trap sometimes myself, is thinking like, okay, this is what I should be doing. So I'm going to make a goal based on what I feel like I should be doing. When in reality, you're just holding over your head like this, you know, this arbitrary idea of what you should be, you're shooting on yourself and, or like saying like, Oh, I I should be in the gym at least like this many days a week. Why, why, why should you, do you even like the gym? Do you even like that thing you're trying to get yourself to do again? Are you trying to carry the hornet's nest and then wondering why it stings so much and, and getting mad at yourself when you drop it or actually picking something up that's actually enjoyable for you to carry and hold on to, and you want to hold on to it. So I think a lot of people, they pressure themselves into going to the gym when they could just find something that they actually love to do that, that, that strengthens them and allows them to move their body. Like maybe you don't like, you know, I'm a run instructor and I tell people all the time who, who tell me like, Oh, I, I hate running or like, I don't want to, or I don't want to, I'm like, Hey, that's fine. Like, of course, uh, you know, challenge yourself to try it out. But if it's something that, you know, you just absolutely don't like, and there's something else that's that serves that same purpose, but it's in a different form that you enjoy. Do that thing. Like, don't just stop judging yourself. You know, stop judging yourself based on like some idea of who you think you should be or who you think society wants you to be. Like, I'm all about just like breaking free of these kind of these roles and these um, kind of ideas that we kind of put on ourselves sometimes of like what we should be doing, as it pertains to, like you know whether it's your nutrition you know, your workouts or just, uh, you know, even just like relationships with other people. So how can my listeners find you and support you and, 
you know, join with join your your fitness program and just just gain from your journey? How can we follow you? Um, anyone who wants to connect with me, they can reach me at I'm on Instagram like yourself um, at uh, Chase Tucker. Very simple. No, no. Uh, I think you and I are the same in that we looked out and got like we got our handles like our exact names for, for our handles. Um, so ch- at, at Chase Tucker on Instagram, uh, I'm not really on Twitter, not really on any other form of social media too much, but um, I do have a website, uh, chasetucker.com that I'm going to start putting more posts up on. Right now it doesn't really have much up on there, but um, hopefully by the time this is out for your listeners, they can check chasetucker.com and they'll see some um resources and stuff that I put out there to, to help them, whether it's like playlists or nutrition advice or workout advice or whatever. Love also, it. So if they can find me on, you know, Peloton, um, I want everybody, depending on like when you, when this comes out, Peloton is, uh, currently has a 90 day free trial as of right now, this moment. Um, so that means that for three months, people can log on to the Peloton app, which is free to download. And what normally was a two-week free trial, they're able to now access for three entire months free of charge um, and access the entire Peloton library, which includes not only um, runs and boot camps and strength workouts and stretches, which are what I teach, but then also uh, yoga, meditation, cycling classes, um, there's there's um, outdoor runs that I you know that I, I teach as well and my other my coworkers and my amazing teammates uh, do as well. So there's an entire library of of content, um, including by the way body weight exercises. So if you don't have access to a gym, you know body weight exercises and body weight strength is the way to go for sure. So um, yeah, they can find me in the Peloton app as well, or if they have a Peloton device already, they can find me in their um, on their Peloton device. Perfect. Chase Tucker, thank you for your time today. Thank you for joining the Free Your Energy podcast.